as long you are saying top down, I would like to deliver a digital bank, I would like to cut the cost to serve, you should drop off 20% of branches, and the people are not following you. Guys, you are just putting money in technology because nobody is enabling from the ground to make this kind of transformation. You are listening to Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay, a podcast that empowers financial brand marketing, sales, and leadership teams to maximize their digital growth potential by generating 10 times more loans and deposits. Today's episode is part of the Digital Growth Journey series, where James Robert uncovers and explores some of the industry's biggest digital marketing and sales stories of success. Let's get into the show. Greetings and hello, I am James Robert Lay and welcome to episode 270 of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Today's episode is part of the Digital Growth Journey series and I'm excited to welcome Maurice Lisi to the show. Maurice has spent the last 15 years taking care of the transformation of customer-facing bank channels for both the Italian and international market. And today, Maurice is the head of direct channels for Beeper Bank, He believes that digital transformation is not just about introducing new technology, it's about people and cultural transformation. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today to guide you along your own journey of transformative growth at your bank, at your credit union, or at your fintech. Welcome to the show, Maurice. It is good to share time with you today, buddy. Yeah, thanks, James, and thanks for the invitation. You know, you and I have had so many wonderful conversations over the years that I wish that we could have captured all of them because there are always things that that I'm learning, things that you're learning that we could share with others. So I'm happy that we're getting this documented today because it's going to go out to help so many bank leaders, credit union leaders, fintech leaders, literally around the world. And before we get into, you know, human transformation alongside digital transformation. I always like to start off on a positive note. What is good for you right now, personally or professionally? What is positive for Maurice right now? Um, what is positive? Oh, good question. It's positive how customers are reacting on innovation. I like it. And, uh, you know, I like how customer is taking care of to see how banks are really taking care of the, delivering them some uh, up, the, the amazing customer experience. So I like really how customers following, you know, this kind of transformation. Well, you, when you, you put people and you put the customer at the center of innovation, innovation becomes that much easier because we're innovating to create value for the customer to solve customer problems to guide customers beyond the pain of the present moment to get them to a a bigger better brighter future but that's more than just technology it's it it, it comes down to we need to have a conversation on how we must transform internally first to transform the individual to transform the self to transform the team to transform the organization and it's more than just technology here. What are you seeing through the work that you're doing as head of direct channels when it comes to this narrative going beyond just technology? Because I think before we hit record, you were sharing of a recent conversation where 
you were having a discussion and you saw some fear in people's eyes and you said, we don't have to fear this. We just need to rethink about this. Yeah. I was joining this organization, you know, just uh, six months ago. And I was spending a part of my life around the Europe in the Balkans. And what I see is a common ground across all the banks that for majority of organization, making digitalization is just buying technology. Mm. You know, there were people that buy, oh, I bought, I bought a chatbot. I said, okay, great. How are you using? I don't know. Uh, oh, they bought the BOST uh, CRM platform in the network. They bought, I don't know, the wealth management platform. They were just buying technology. Nobody was thinking on the real purposes. I'm going to use in my service model. I'm going to use technology on the service model. And, um, you know, um, I was just uh, sharing with the, with the part of my team about what I was reading over the weekend that there was a newspaper and then some uh, financial newspaper here, whether banks like uh, JP Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, um, and Goldman Sachs. They have been invested more than $3 billion, you know, making their digital banks. But nowadays, are not so successful case that can be can be recorded. But even in Europe, if you're looking, you know, most of the di- traditional banks, what they try in the past, it's even to spin off and to deliver their digital bank. There is zero, zero today banks that can say that are profitable or really are creating value to the customer. Zero. And you know why? So uh, I was thinking, uh, and most of the time I'm thinking, what customers are doing with the banks? And if I'm asking you, James, uh, I'm saying I'm pretty sure that the majority of you know the people around us are just saying, okay, I'm making payments. Yes. If you're asking me, it's simple to make a digitalization of payments. Yes, James, extremely simple too. And we have to... Nobody can still believe that we have a customer that are going in a branch with the cash and making money transfer. Forget this. There is something, but it's time, you know, to overwrite this experience to thinking something different. But unfortunately, unfortunately, banks is not only like this. And to be honest, all of these things that I'm calling low business value because making payments, making withdrawal, going in cash, if you're looking for a long time, you're going on the free fee pressure. So it's a more or less zero fee business. Yep. Uh, where we are making money, we are making money, you're making payments. It's a scale business. You know, you should do it. And you're doing because it's part of something more complex. When I'm going, when customers are going in the branch, they're going for something uh, complex. At least I would call complex, but let me put in different something available for a customer. I'm going because I would like to get a mortgage. I would like because I should open a saving plan for my kids. And, you know, I'm going because I would like to make my pension plan and so on. And uh, when you are doing these things, I'm not using with with the chatbot. I'm doing with the human. Yeah. So banks, what they forgot that the most powerful technology in the most profitable business are in the bank are the people. And they should start to redesign the distribution model using starting from people that are making innovation towards technology. Not technology and later on I'm going, you know, let me understand I'm using this kind of technology towards the people. So when we're saying and thinking on the banks, 
really, I can't invite all the, 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 the people to think what complexity banks are doing, how banks is even regulated, you know, because we are forgetting that banks' environment it's 10 times more regulated as a normal IT company. So we should not mixing, you know, banks is not an IT company that is delivering financial services. Banks is a financial services that towards technology must, or at least should deliver financial services. So within an organization, within a bank, we have human beings, we have people. Those people have knowledge and expertise that can provide clarity to very complex problems, issues. We know money is inherently complex. Money has a very high natural cognitive load for a lot of people. Now with technology, a, 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 a people first, a human first approach to transformation, technology just becomes a tool to solve these people's pains. You wrote digital transformation is not about introducing new technology. Back to your point. You can go out and get a chat bot. You can go out and get the best in class CRM. But if the people within the organization aren't open to transforming their own behaviors, their own beliefs, that technology is just going to sit on the shelf. You said, quote, it's about people. It's about cultural transformation. Let's dive into this here. And I want to start off on where have we struggled around people and cultural transformation in a quote-unquote digital world. What are some of the big challenges that are holding individuals, teams, and organizations back from this people cultural transformation that, that you're writing of here? Yeah, I have a clear vision, at least on my side, for where we, whether banks made a mistake, you know, whether they find the, the, the meets and trouble. Um, have a look, James, for a long time, Banks, they married their digital division or the innovation center, you know, separate. Like it was a traditional organization, that, honestly, the people that still were making money. Mm -hmm. And they were like a club of digital, but separated. And uh, overall organization were not, was not enabling them really to get in contact, to exchange, you know to make this kind of good contamination between digital people using a more the traditional distribution model. So the, the, the big trouble was keeping these two parts of the organization like separate things. Passing through one important message, digitalization sooner will overwrite the traditional bank. That's, if you was coming in the bank, you know, in modern tradition incumbent banks, a couple of years ago, Digital people were there just to overwrite sooner or later the traditional banking. But nobody was thinking that this kind of uh, uh, step was unreachable. You cannot overwrite the traditional bank. Right. So, because as I was saying, that's your way they're making money, you know, and it's a complex. So, was like an internal competition, and that's why most of the organization, most of the incumbent banks decide, okay, let's spin off. Is starting from the scratch. It's even true that if I'm looking at the traditional part of incumbent banks, they got used, you know, to, to, to make their banking services without looking forward how customers were changing their consumer behavior. They were still expecting, you know, to see customers in the branch, 
to meet physically the customer. And it's not just the people and distribution model, but think on compliance or anti-money laundering, all the rules in the bank mm. were more designed to collect a paper and write signature rather than say to say, okay, we can make in a different way. Yep. So now that kind of approach is changing completely, you know, and the first things that for sure incumbent banks should and must bring digital leaders, they have to. And there is no other way as long as you would like to remain, you know, banks that is delivering financial service. So you should bring the digital leaders. But do not put these digital leaders in the separate box ah. in making their thinking, you know, separate box in thinking how the future will be put together, put together with compliance, with anti-money laundering, with the people that every day are still meeting customer in the branch. In, because if you're not putting and pushing the organization, organization will, traditional organization still can help digital leaders to understand who our customer and what means to do complex banking services. And digital leaders can explain to others and more the traditional area how they can deliver this kind of services toward the technology. Yep. That is the contamination that we should look forward. Just like people feel stressed about money, we understand digital growth can also feel confusing, frustrating, and overwhelming. But it doesn't have to feel this way for you because you can join the Digital Growth University to gain clarity through education, to overcome the fear of the unknown. Build your team's courage with a growth strategy to eliminate the fear of change and increase your confidence with coaching to remove the fear of failure. Visit digitalgrowth.com university to apply. So as, as to roll this back just a bit for you, the dear listener, I hear two things. Historically, we have separated traditional and digital. Going forward, Maurice, the path you see is no longer separate, but integrated. Um, innovation through collaboration, not competition. And it's the collaboration through the integration of the digital and the traditional, the digital and the physical, the best of both worlds. That is where we're going to gain the greatest breakthroughs and overcome some of the biggest roadblocks. Because I think when you're working in a silo still, we will have competition, but competition is not going to get us past where we need to go going forward, uh, particularly when when there is exponential change happening all around us. I mean, I think, you know, we look at the acceleration of digital technologies and now with AI reaching, say, the mass consciousness of humanity. It's almost like 1994 all over again where the internet began to reach the mass consciousness of humanity. Now with uh, open AI and chat GPT reaching all of the headlines, things that were kind of bubbling up underneath the surface, now people are gaining a more sense of awareness of, wow, there's a lot of possibility here. What's your take on digital and traditional leaders learning, collaborating, growing together, how can this be practically applied for someone who is listening that maybe they are more of the traditional incumbent or maybe they are more of the digital leader to bring the best of both worlds together, not from competition, but for collaboration? There are two things, uh, James, that uh, you know I believe that's extremely important. Uh, for a long time, um, 
the, the part that was uh, dedicated for the traditional business uh, was just a skirt to not lose part of their business, you know, uh, to keep the ownership of the customer relationship, mm. to keep the owner. They say, you know, customer is my portfolio. Do not campaign this customer on mobile because they were scared how to lose potential any kind of a relation with the customer. Yep. On the other side, when uh, there were people on thinking just on the digitalization and thinking that they can overwrite, you know, the more traditional, they were looking at how to gathering this kind of customer to move, you know, customers that are not making, uh, they're not visiting the branch, put on the mobile. And that was working, to be honest. But they were what was missing was missing the consensus. You know, but there is no consensus on the long view, on the long strategy. Right. So the first things in the organization, in incumbent, in the large bank, the first question is, which kind of bank we would like to be three years from now? Mm. And who should answer should not be a digital leaders or a traditional leaders. Should be both. And they should find a consensus to say, we, not high, we, we would like to be a bank's interiors like this. Because as long you are saying top down, I would like to deliver a digital bank, I would like to cut the cost to serve, we should drop off 20% uh, of branches. And the people are not following you. Guys, you are just putting money in technology because nobody is enabling uh, from the ground to make this kind of transformation. So, James, what is extremely important and the effort that in these six months that I'm in this organization, very traditional, 2,000 branches is more than five, uh, two, uh, uh, 5 million of customers. What I'm trying to do and, and the majority of the effort that I'm spending, not to share what is my idea of digitalization. I'm spending the time to sitting alongside the colleagues that every day are still taking care of the traditional business model and designing together with them which kind of bank would you like to be in 2025? Yes. And this, who is making this answer is not Maurice, but together you should do this. And of course, is exactly the bank I would like to be? No, no, James. But who cares? That is my idea. And as long as this remains as a, my idea, I cannot succeed. I'm going, you know, just to collapse in a certain time. So you should find the right compromise because there are things that are extremely important for those that are day by day managing the relation still in the physical way on the tradition with the customer. And on the same time, for me, extremely important, you know, to push up the digitalization because you should combine the two things. As you're talking through this, I think the key takeaway is it is not one or the other. It's we. It's not I. It's we gaining a consensus together into what the future can look like and leaping ahead to that three-year vision and looking back to today what needs to happen between now until then for us to feel good to create that future reality not as individuals but together not as traditional not as digital but together and i liked what you said this is not about maurice's vision it's about i think i think the the, the deeper perspective here it's facilitation it's asking questions. It's helping people to gain an understanding, not not by telling them what to do. I heard something very recently about, you know, when when you make a definitive statement about X, Y, or Z, the conscious mind will most likely miss it. 
but when you ask a question to someone, the subconscious mind can't help but think about that question. Um, and they might not answer it immediately, but it's going to stay with them. When you think about the work you're doing to facilitate, to ask questions, to work alongside both sides of the organization here, how important is education? And I want to start first and foremost for you as an individual, as Maurice, because if you think back of the work that you've been doing over 15 years, how much has transformed, how how important is education and knowledge and learning and being a lifelong student for you, Maurice, the individual, and, and, and to, to, to continue to manage all of this change and transformation just for yourself? I'm spending a majority of the time in one important things. I'm looking uh, beyond what I can see every day. I, I need, because I can go in the loop of auto celebration. I can go in the loop and say, oh, I made a great experience in Hungary. Now I have a digital bank. But if I'm losing uh, the challenge, my personal challenge to say, okay, I made the great things in this organization, but what about my neighbors? Mm. What other banks? What in other market? What is happening in Asia? What is happening you know, in emerging market? And understanding what potential opportunity I even you know, take and to bring in my current experience. You, I can be completely unuseful in this organization in a couple of years. Yes. So if I'm not investing and say, what is happening around the world? And even like having this chat with you, you know, getting an inspiration by you, making this kind of contamination, looking what is happening, why we bank is succeeding in China, what is happening in Paytm in India, or looking why my neighbors in the neighbors country in French, what Nigel is doing. That is extremely important. Later on, can I use something? Who knows? I don't know. But it's important, you know, to invest and not just on reading, but even to look ahead and say, okay, how market is moving, how consumer behavior is moving. Without this, in a couple of years, I cannot deliver any kind of incremental value in the organization. And just going in the loop, you know, to in this kind of auto-celebration mode. Yeah. Well, it, it's confirmation bias at that point. It's almost like you're confirming what you already know and that makes you feel good. But like you said, it doesn't create value over a much longer period of time. I think another key point that you just shared, it's it's more than just reading. It's more than just reading publications and books, but going out observing, experiencing what is going on in the real world, and maybe not just only in banking, but like you said, consumer behavioral. To me, this is why I think, you know, as as a digital anthropologist myself, studying the world from a lens of marketing and sales, technology, but most important, human behavior, because it's that human behavior element that it's, it's, the most complex, I think, of it all, because people are complex, but at the same time, you can begin to identify common patterns of people and begin to make observations and hypothesis to that. Yeah. Um, but it's, I think what you said, it's experiencing and it's seeing, because when you begin to see different, you begin to think different. 
But just because one thinks differently does not mean that they are going to do different. And I've asked this question thousands of times to financial brand leaders. Complete the sentence. When I when I see different, I think different. When I think different, therefore what? People will respond. I'm going to do different. I'm going to be different. I'm going to act different. I say no. To bridge the gap between the thought and the action, it's feeling and emotion. Because you can know something, but you're not going to act on it. So there's this whole behavior change thing here. When you think about cultural transformation, where where does this play in? This idea of feeling and emotion. And I know in banking, that's a very touchy subject, human feelings, human emotions that we always don't necessarily talk about or even want to talk about. But I find that if we can address that right there, that is where transformation begins to happen, particularly human transformation. And that's where coaching, I think, comes back into play. What you're doing, facilitation, guiding, advising, walking alongside others so that they're not having to do it alone or at least feel like they're having to do it alone. What are you experiencing this when you go beyond just Maurice now seeing things differently, but then taking that knowledge back inside the organization? It's, a, it's You know, it's one of the most important ingredients because looking at different things and trying to map can I use this in, you know, in my current experience? I'm going to create a value in my current experience, which kind of business or new business opportunity or how I can fix the business, uh, you know, that currently you're still managing more in a traditional way. So that's one of the most important part of my job. But on the same time, we should not forget that there are people in the organization, in Canberra organization, that are doing this job a long time, for too much a long time, you know. Mm. And they do not do not have the same passion. Uh, let me give you an example, James. If you're going, you know, when I have to push someone that in the network and say, guys, do not spend time for quick loan. We will do online. Say, why, Maurice? It's too profitable. I'm making money, I'm getting the budget, I'm getting my MBO. Why we should change? So what is important is to give them the reason of why to change. Because if there is no reason on change, you're just, again, delivering them a task. And if they are not believe on this task, they will never support you. So having this kind of experience, you know, looking ahead, looking what other markets are doing, and when I'm approaching colleagues and working alongside, and say, guys, the quick loan we can do on mobile, but that is giving to you, not to Maurice, an opportunity to spare your time and to use your time for more complex product and to make an incremental profitability of this bank and giving them a reason of why to change. And not just going today and say, guys, let's change because the world is changed. They said, okay, who cares? Seasonally, who cares? We are bank profitable banks. We are still making money. I'm getting my budget. I'm reaching my MBO. Maurice, why you're knocking my door? You know, so give them the reason. And knowing what market is doing, mm. knowing how consumer behavior is doing, and helping them on thinking, guys, we can do the same job, but we can do this. Let's say we can put on the direct channels on the, your mobile banking in the time that you're taking spare, we are going to use to reach customers in a different way, to offering them something that is more valuable for us, but more valuable for customer. 
because for quick loan, James, reality is that customer does not need any kind of uh, advisor. Nope. Did you agree with me? So quick loan, I know that. Would you like to try? It's 5,000 euro. Give me 5,000 euro. I'm going to repay maturity in, I don't know, five years. That is my installment deal is closed. I don't need any kind of advisor. So why I should spend 20 minutes or 30 minutes of my advisor in the branch, you know, on offering a loan? That's why it's important, you know, to show them, guys, market is going in different direction. But I'm not replacing or overwriting your job, but I'm giving you the opportunity to make much more, I will not say much more powerful, much more convenient task, you know, in another uh, in another product that it's available for you and for the bank and for the customer. It's a great point about the example of a quick loan. It's very transactional. But when you free up capacity, when you free up time to put the transformation of of people through advisory, through guidance over the commoditized transaction, I think there's a lot of value to be created, which the value that comes back into the why. The other thing too is time. I've been thinking a lot about this, writing my second book, Banking on Change. And it's a, it's an acronym. Um, make sure that you, and I, and I know you're in Italy and there's a lot of coffee over there, uh, but make sure that you have your morning tea. Um, and tea is an acronym, time, energy, and attention. And we can look at this through the lens of financial services. How are you investing your time? Where are you spending your energy? And what are you paying attention to? And if we take the idea of time as an investment, particularly because of the exponentiality of digital, it's um, if I invest an hour today, how can I multiply that going forward into the future? So these are more of the philosophical things that I'm thinking about because there are technologies like AI that become that exponential time multiplier there. Let me give you an example. You know, it seems that you're touching TZI. Uh, Today, when when we have this kind of big meeting with the network, uh, I was sharing with them one important number. Close to 1 million customers in 2022, they've been updated, their ID documented the branch. You would say stupid task, right, yeah. James? Did you agree with me? It's update my ID document, yeah. ID expired. And to update in our system document, it's taking more or less 25 minutes, 30 minutes, because you should take ID, scan, put in our system, you know, check and updating information, address and everything. Okay. I say, guys, but what about if I'm, I'm pushing customers to do by themselves and mobile and using OCR technology, a high to recognize and putting directly in the system and your 30 minutes are going to spend to be spent for a complete different task. So that's where technology, AI and other things could help us doing things that are not convenient for relationship managing focus, the best technology, human, on doing very profitable tasks. The founder of the Four Seasons Hotel, Izzy Sharp, uh, is well-known saying, you know, when it comes to experience, and I think experience is both, uh, at least for the last decade, 2010 to 2020, it was all about CX customer experience. But through what we're talking about today is really more of where I'm seeing this this decade going 2020 to 2030, which is EX, employee experience, internal experience, um, through the context of digital tr- transformation and digital growth, uh, Izzy Sharp, 
uh, look for ways to automate the predictable or systematize the predictable so that we can then humanize the exceptional. Um, and, and, and you're right. So as, as we start to wrap up here, Maurice, and I thank you for you sharing your experience because that's how we all learn. That's how we all grow. That's how we all get better together because it helps us see, think, feel, and ultimately do different. I always like to wrap up with a very practical takeaway for the dear listener that they can apply going forward. And since our conversation has been focused around internal transformation, cultural transformation, what is one recommendation that you would make for another financial brand leader listening around the world that they could do next? Something small, something simple, something easy so that they can continue to move forward on their own journey of growth. First things, ask yourself, is the my vision sure in the organization? That's the important things. Is my vision sure in the organization? Uh, you know, our transformation program, James, it's called Future with you. No, it's in English, you. And I was saying, guys, let's think there is one you in each of our branches. One you here, one day, one you in the south of Italy, one in the north, one in the center. But all of these you has the same vision. They are going to be a we. And when we are moving on the same direction, we can say that we are one, one vision in reality. So please, before starting a transformation program, ask yourself, is this vision shirt? And, uh, you know, I will not say approve, but at least share and get the consensus of overall organization, not just of the CEO and the CTO and the head of digital, because that's simple, you know, that's all the people that are discussing exactly the same language. Yep. They have almost the same, you know, academic background. Yep. Do a step a bit ahead, go alongside your organization and check if this kind of vision, it's really sure. You know, as, as you mentioned, one vision coming from a, a a rock and roll band background that I used to have. I used to have a punk rock band. There was a song in 1986 by Queen titled One Vision. And I, I think about there's a, a couple of organizations that I've worked with over the years that have gone through our digital growth university together at a very high level, but then they've also have invited people, maybe they're mid-level, maybe they're kind of frontline, what they do is they're gaining a common language. They're gaining an understanding, most importantly, not of what I am teaching, but I would say even more deep or more importantly, is they're gaining an understanding of each other. They're yeah. gaining an understanding of where they have alignment. They're gaining an understanding of where they have clarity, but they're also gaining an understanding of where there's some confusion, where there's some complexity, where there's some conflict where there's some chaos and then they're able to talk through that going forward you're going to say something completely agree with you you know you, we should avoid to make this kind of private club hmm. of digital thinkers you know you don't organization does not need any kind of club no. they need you know a and they should resolve the complexity they should you know, if this misunderstanding so avoid to make this kind of uh, because most of the time we see there is this kind of digital clubs and just people can stay there. If you're not digital, you know, speaker, you cannot stay in the club. That doesn't work. It's already, you already failed. That gets into a much larger conversation around 
Open Strategy, which is a great book by that title, Open Strategy. I highly recommend. Maurice, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, your experience um, on this podcast today to help others. If there's someone who's listening and they just want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to reach out, to say hello? Yeah, they can reach me over LinkedIn so they can find my name, Maurice Lizzy, Maurice.Lizzy at beeper.it. I can I'm really sure anytime is needed, my opinion, my thoughts. So it's more than welcome. And then your website as well, mauricelisi.me. Mauricelisi.me, it's my personal website. Yes. That's thanks. right. Thanks, James. Connect with Maurice, learn with Maurice, grow with Maurice. Maurice, thanks for, again for joining me for another episode of Banking on Digital Growth. Thanks for the invitation. Thanks a lot, James. As always, and until next time, be well, do good, and make your bed. Thank you for listening to another episode of Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay. To get even more practical and proven insights along with coaching and guidance, visit digitalgrowth.com insider to join a community of growth-minded marketing and sales leaders from financial brands and fintechs. Until next time, be well and do good.